As a father and you have children, you begin to learn that these decisions and choices you make have legacy implications. It's a healthy pressure to have on men. Hey Remnant, welcome to the podcast, episode eight. Can you believe it? We're moving right along and I love hearing the stories of how helpful the podcast has been for you guys. You guys are loving the content. And you know, that's the goal of it really is good content for men who are serious about growth, who, who wanna become better husbands and fathers and leaders. And you know, they want to conquer and overcome themselves and be more disciplined, all of that. That's the goal of the podcast. And today's episode is a special one. It comes from a panel that I did with a few Remnant men. Uh, we talked about life, we talked about uh, being a father, we talked about how to be steady and overcoming obstacles. You know, there's a couple moments there where, where guys shared some very real um, uh, stories that they went through, and, and I really think you'll you'll see yourself in, in this podcast. You'll hear something, you'll identify with it, and it will help you. And so at the very beginning, I start, we read a verse in James 1. I thought we could read it together before we jump in. James chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And so we open up with the first question. Let's jump right in. Life can be turbulent. There's high highs and there's low lows. But as men, we're called to be consistent. We're called to be steady. We're called to be able to handle the highs, but then also be able to navigate through the lows with God. And, and so I want to ask you guys, what helps keep you steady in life? Because I see a steadfastness in all of you and your families. What has helped you keep that steadfastness and that steadiness in your life? I would say for me, as, as, I, as I get older, I, I turned 40 this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking with the Lord for, for a while now. And I, I think history. So I've seen a lot. I've been in the valleys. I've been in the mountaintops. God has been faithful through it all. And so when you, when you, when you build that history, you begin to recognize things. You, you recognize emotions. You recognize situations. You recognize spirits. You've seen it before. Yeah. And, and, and God has been faithful before to deliver you from it. And so you gain this confidence uh, by the history of walking with the Lord for for so many years, and that 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 steadfastness and persistence, um, and so that, that has really helped me remain steadfast in in whatever situation life life throws at me. It's awesome. It's almost like it, it like perpetuates. Like yeah. just by staying in it, you develop the ability to keep staying yeah. in it. In yeah. in a sense, absolutely, which is yeah. pretty builds on itself, right? Yeah, so, yeah. That's really awesome. What about you guys? What's helped keep you steady in life? Yeah, I think God, the, the trust, you know, the, like he, you said it perfectly, right? You go through, you recognize God's hand in your life and in others, right? Um, when you see people's testimonies, I think that's major. You can hold on to that truth. Um, when you go through, hey, someone lost their job and you're, you lost your job, right? Yeah. Uh, you hold on to that truth that, well, you know, the Lord helped him, helped him overcome that um, and found him something better. So you hold on to that truth. Um, so for me, being steadfast is just trusting on the Lord that he's going to always provide that he, he's awesome. always going to be there. And even when you, when you don't believe it yourself, you have to just trust like, you know what, Lord, there's nothing that I can do, uh, whether I don't trust or, don't, or trust that's going to change his outcome. So I, I, I rather just trust the Lord wow. and see if can. That's awesome. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and knowing backstory, you guys, trust is uh, is blind sometimes, but it's everything, yeah. you know? Right. And to answer the question, I think the steadfastness and to Chen, the sermon, 
Pastor, you, know, awesome. you said it right off, and, and you kind of, I was asking God this afternoon as we're getting ready to see the answer to some of these quotes, what's in my heart? And it's serving. Wow. If we're not serving the Lord, you know, we're idle. And wow. you look at, you know, all through the Bible, idleness is never good. Right. And so, right. Uh, and you get out of yourself. Look, you're not everything. You're not the universe. Yeah. We, we, we walk around and we think um, everything is about us. Okay. That's, that's the proclivity of man's thinking, right? Wow. It's about me, protection, uh, pleasure, all, all down the wants and needs. But when we can step outside of that and actually understand God's purpose for our lives right. is to serve yeah, so just to add on that, you know, every every time I went through something, you know, the, the enemy wants to take you away from serving, or take you away from your calling, take you away from what you drew in God's house. It's true. And it was when I said to myself, "I'm not gonna give that it. I, I'm I'm going to serve God's house no matter what, no matter what happens, because in that serving you find breakthrough, you find healing, you find." Um, good just just another level and god's right there taking care of all that stuff in the background it doesn't matter what you have to do oh <clears throat> i'm not a singer or a preacher i would just stack chairs that's what i did <laughs> you know I, I put i came and i put chairs together and and i lined them up real nice and made sure the place was clean and i was in the background but i said lord i want to be faithful with the small stuff here because you're in control in the back wow. you know i think that life will present uh, us with many opportunities to overcome. And that's the way I want to look at it. It's an opportunity for you to overcome. And so um, for you guys, I guess the question I would ask is in your life, what is the most difficult thing you've ever had to overcome and how did you do it? You know, because life comes in seasons and sometimes they're very difficult for you. What was the most difficult thing you've ever had to overcome and, and how did you do that? So no particular order. And my answer would be me. Wow. I am the most That's difficult thing to overcome. Romans 7, verse 18. For I know that good itself does not dwell within me, yep. uh, but in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do good, but I do the contrary. And so the other scripture that came to mind was John 14. Abide in me, and I abide in you. Yeah. Stay connected to the vine. We're the branch. We will bear much fruit. So... The first part of me being the problem is only true when I'm disconnected. And I really wow. try not to be disconnected. You know, yeah. you learn, you say, oh, my goodness, you know, I need to get back in with the Lord or I need yeah. to uh, correct my thought life or whatever the case is. It's good. But um, it's awesome, Steve. Yeah. What about you yeah. guys? Yeah, I'd, I'd say for me and, and uh, share a little story, uh, you know, most a lot of the guys in this room know my story. But for those that don't, uh just share a little testimony. Uh, you know, my wife and I have, have, have four daughters, but many don't know that we also have a have a son and and, and he's in heaven. And in 2016, we had three daughters at the time and, and we were praying for a son. We didn't know if we were gonna have another kid, but we said, you know what, let's give let's give it one more shot. Let's let's go for the boy. And and so we we did and and unfortunately at at, at 38 weeks he, he he passed away and had a stillbirth. And I'll, I'll focus it on one one aspect of that story and that's when uh, after my wife had delivered and, and up until that point, I, I a hundred percent believed that there was going to be a miracle and the baby was going to come out crying. I, I was already visioning the doctor scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. I was convinced hundred percent of my mind it was going to happen and it didn't. 
And, and so it was just my wife and I in the hospital room holding, the, holding our baby. And my wife said, let's pray. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to pray. I said, I'm not praying. Like, <laughs> I was angry. I was bitter. And, and, but when your wife says pray, you pray. And, and so in, in that moment, as soon as we opened up in prayer, it was like immediately we entered the throne room of God and we, uh-huh. we were in heaven. And this, the Holy Spirit just fell so thickly, so is that a word, thick in that, in that, in that hospital room. And, and I remember praying at the time and it was difficult to verbalize or even articulate at that time, but it was definitely the Holy Spirit speaking. And, and that was that we had one, one opportunity and how we responded to that situation. And, wow. and, and Pastor um, Bill Johnson from Bethel, who recently lost his wife to cancer, uh, recently said that. And it really stuck with me because it was so true. We had one opportunity to choose how we were going to respond to that situation. I remember praying, you know, God, this is, this is a fork in the road. We go this way, it's destruction. Everything falls apart. We go this way. We just remain faithful and trust that you are going to be with us. And, and and also that I, I really focus on the fact that our kids were watching, right? Is our faith real wow. in this situation? What are what are our kids going to see? That's so real. How are they going to see their parents' faith and in, in how much they trust in Jesus? And and so it was a very very powerful powerful moment. And and also, you know, having men like this guy who was there was a <laughs> that same night there was a a work crew here at church, and and Steve gathered the men and. They went to war for our family, and so in those wow. situations, having having men that would that would go to war for you, and and so and God has been faithful all along. You know, we 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 committed ourselves. We don't fully understand why. We still struggle. I don't know if we'll ever overcome it. To be honest with you, wow. there'll always be a hole. There'll always be a gap. But God's blessed us with a fourth beautiful girl, and now our kids are thriving. You know, it's that God answers that prayer. Yeah. You know, every every day, and so. Yeah, so I would say that that's definitely, without a doubt, the the most difficult season. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's proud. That's not easy, you know. And you really do, Josh. You have a beautiful family. Your family is stunning. It's uh, I think it's a model family of what it looks like. You know that Bible verse asks for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think of you guys. You guys have a beautiful family. So thanks for sharing that, man. Appreciate that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, Chen, what about you, man? Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know. As I was thinking, there's a, there's a tons of stories I can share, and some was like, oh, I don't know if I should share this and stuff. But you know, the one that really for me, and you mentioned a little bit the, the anger thing. Um, you know, when I first started coming to church, you know, I had this anger, and I thought, you know, that's whatever. You know, every guy deals with that this anger thing, this rage. You know, it's just you're, you're just a man. You know, you're gonna be angry. Um, and I remember, you know, and, and maybe some some of you young guys when I was doing youth ministry probably felt the tail end of that. Um, you know, be a man, you know, man up, you know, uh, but what do you do when you're not working? You're being lazy. And I don't know who said it, but it's like a, a bad leader lashes out. Like a bad leader is always leading longer. And, um, I think my wife will offer this, um, but she helped me be more, um, timid, right. Uh, and, and not be as angry and say, you know, Hey, you know, bring it to the Lord you know, bring that anger to the Lord, you know, why, why are you so mad, you know, for no reason? Um, and a lot of the stuff was like injustice and, um, or, or I felt like, um, I was owed something, you know, like, ah, uh, you know, it, it, things aren't being done right. Kind of like Steve says, you know, I'm the only one here. They say, Lord, why am I doing this here? You know? And, and if you're not honest with yourself in ministry and you don't bring it to the Lord, like Steve was saying that, that will destroy you. That'll take you, that you, you build pride. And then pride will be uh, lead to something else, and then it could be lust, 
or you find the wrong person who tries to speak in your ear and say, hey, this, these are the sweet things and to give from the church. Um, but anger is, I think for men, is the one thing that we hold on to because it makes us uh, raw or, right, or, right. or big. Um, and if we don't cut that thing um, away from us, you know, the, the passage that comes to mind for me all the time is, you know, vengeance is the Lord's, not yours. You know, so give it on to him no matter what you're going through, um, no matter what it is. And how do you respond to that it is, is awesome. How, you know, how you put it, you know, you go through something so traumatic. How do you respond to that? When you want a last shot, you want to question everything, you know, uh, f for myself, I think the hardest thing I'm going through probably right now, uh, you know, I'm, I was diagnosed with this random cancer thing and I still don't even believe that, even believe it, you know? Um, but I'm walking through it. And I told the Lord, you know what, Lord? It's uh, it's on you. You know, you are going to cover me. You're going to protect me. And I'm going to respond like everyone else who responds to this thing in faith. You know, that I'm healed. I'm going to walk in healing. It's not going to take me away from the church. It's not going to take me away from ministering. It's not going to take me from serving. I'm going to continue uh, wow. until the end. Um, because I think... The, the, our responsibility, and I love that you say that, and I, and I understand it more now that you're a father. When you become a dad, it's like your know, eyes are open to a whole other world. Yeah, it's so true. Um, is how are your kids going to see your reaction? How is that going to be? And I watched my dad in my life, um, and, and, and I come from, uh, I have a biological father and a stepdad, um, but my, my father, um, he emulated uh, a lot of the responses, good and bad. And I said, I'm not going to do that. You know, I always told myself, I'm not going to do that. But, but, but the anger piece, I think it's something that if you're dealing with that, you know, give it to the Lord because there's a lot that stems from that. You know, it says, uh, what are the steps? Anger, then death, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, real. um, you know, for me, I, I think it's the, the response thing. It's so major. Yeah. And just to add on to that, I think too, as a father, absolutely. When you have children, right, you begin to learn that these decisions and choices you make have legacy implications. Right. I mean, it's not just, right. it's not just you and your wife, it's your kids, it's their kids. Um, and it's a, it's a healthy pressure to have on men is, is to right. know that decisions we make have legacy, you know, yeah. implications absolutely. responsibility. Right. Exactly. You know? And to build on that, you know, the world wants to tell you, uh, Hey, whatever choice you make it, do you, it, it only affects you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the biggest like all So true. Because it does affect our families and affects our friends, whoever's around us, whoever's hearing that poison come right of our mouths. That's awesome. That's so cool. You know, we, we talked about fathers a little bit and I did want to go there. Um, it is, I think the, the number one area of attack is with men, right? And, and every man's destiny. I really believe this. Um, Miles Monroe says it in the book of the month that I'll share with you guys later, but every man's destiny is fatherhood. You're meant to be a father if you're a man. You know, that's God's purpose and design for us. And so um, let's talk a little bit about our fathers and, and sort of our experience there, how, how has your father's presence or lack thereof impacted your life? Um, no particular order. How has your father's presence or lack thereof impacted your life? Yeah, I'll, I'll touch a little bit on it. Yes. Yeah. I kind of opened the door to that a little bit. <laughs> my, my biological father left us when we were very young. Um, he was a ga heavy gambler. Uh, he would gamble. He had, he was a baker. She had two bakeries in Taiwan, Hong Kong, 
and you know he would move us from place to place and he would gamble and, and just recently my mom started opening up a little more about that situation because again you know they're going to tell your kids you know, you know that these things now that we we have children she kind of opened up a little more to us but there was a you know my biological father had a lot of trauma you know he he, he dealt with gambling uh pornography uh, you know i remember going into this weird room that he had as a young kid um and I'm like, man, that that affected me wow. as as a young man, and I remember him just kind of not being there anymore, right? Um, so he kind of left us. He had his own issues. My mom said, "Hey, you know, we, you can't keep moving your kids from country to country to country." You know, so uh, I've lived in Hong Kong, Dominican Republic. I've lived in uh, in here, different parts of the states, um, and eventually. I don't know how we ended up in Rhode Island, but Rhode Island. <laughs> uh, local, right? Yeah. All, I guess all the Dominicans go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but my 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 mom met this awesome man, and he she wasn't saved. Neither was my my stepdad, and you guys will see him. He's 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 part of the church. Um, but through him, I was able to become a man. He, he wow even though he wasn't my biological father. And for a long time, I didn't accept him. So you're not my father. My mom said, oh, that's your, your uncle. That's your friend. I was like, no, no, he's not. You know, <laughs> you know, well, you're a son, you know. Um, and and I never called him that, you know. And, and I don't remember exactly when I called him dad. But I remember it was something that, you know, I was working with him. He would take me to his garage. We, we fixed cars and stuff. And I, I was working with him and he never laid a hand on me or yelled at me or he was never he didn't have so much pressure he was just available wow and i think just that availability being there the presence awesome. of a man um that's awesome what was able to change my whole view on life of how a father should treat a son and you know i think i thank god for him you know um and now he you know we came to the church and everything and a lot has uh melded there but you know, my dad's like my best friend. You know, we, we've spent so much time together in the garage. I, I, I joke with my mom's. I spend more time with, with dad than you do. <laughs> but, um, but, but it's, it's, it's amazing for me. Um, and if you are a stepfather or, or a, um, a, a stepdad or, or son was a stepdad, reach out, you know, because they are trying their best. Yeah. Um, and, and whatever wounds and, and, you know, ah, oh, you'll never measure up. It doesn't matter. The fa your father is the man that's available, giving you your time, uh -huh. in time of day. Um, and, and for me, I think that's when I started really calling him dad is because he was the one taking me out, uh, you know, taking care of me, you know, providing for me, showing me things. Uh, I can go to him, trust him uh, with situations in my life as a young man going through, hey, what wow. do you think about this, you know? And he'll try to put me in the right direction. But uh, yeah. That's, that's awesome, Chad. That's so good. What do you guys? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I I was blessed with with an amazing dad. You know, that's really still so much in me as far as being a man and a father, and 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 you know, some things he was you know extremely hard worker. He still to me just a work ethic that continued with me today. You know, I. He had his own construction company growing up, and he would have me up on roofs. You know, <laughs> at age, no kid should be up on a roof hauling shit. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but I'm so thankful for that because it, it still did me such a such a work ethic that that is still with me today. Not only in my career, but with my family and just taking care of my home and my house and you know the things that uh, I have under me. And 
Um, you know, and he, he's been faithful to to my mom now. They've been married forty some odd years, awesome. so it's such a just an amazing example and such a legacy that that Meg and I are now living under to wow. to see that and their their faithfulness in their marriage. Faith, he's been walking with the Lord for so many years now. That's awesome. And so, just a really, really great example, and I'm, yeah. I'm so thankful and blessed that, that I'm able to to walk under his covering. That's awesome. That's so cool. What about you, Steve? So, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I had a pretty fantastic childhood. Yeah. Um. Uh, my dad structured National Guard, graduated Wentworth in '65 with high honors. He was a computer software programmer, extremely intelligent, uh, good, good with his hands. Uh, very, you know, he was a man's man. But he worked 60, 70 plus hours. Wow. So when he was there, it was great. I had a loving father. He'd take me to you know soccer and things like that. Boy Scouts would build a Pinewood Derby cars. He was a good man. He was a good man. But his father died literally right next to me in our house with just me, my dad, and his dad. His dad suffered a stroke very violently right next to me when I was 12. And I didn't know it then, but that was the open door to my rage, wow. to my escapism. I didn't know what to do with that. I was a 12-year-old little boy, and it was utter chaos. Choking on his tongue, convulsing, the dogs barking, my dad's yelling, call 911. I'm saying, what? And it locked me up. I didn't know that. And I say that to say this. When I say I was a stay-at-home runaway, I was emotionally absent. It, it was That was 12 years old. By the age of 13, uh, smoking reefer with the guys in the, in the clubhouse in the woods, rifling beers out of Dad's fridge. I didn't know, but that was the open door. I lost out on 20-plus years' relationship with my dad because of me. Wow. Because of the, the fact that I was locked up. But the Lord's so good that the year my dad died, and he had heart, heart troubles uh, all through his life. He had his first heart attack when he was 40-something, 40 40, wow. 44, 42. Wow. That summer, the Lord is good to have had a reunion of all of his relatives up in Maine. I came uh, out of sorts and with a girl nobody knew. It was embarrassing. It, he was embarrassed. But the Lord got a hold of his heart that, that day uh, and came back around and reintroduced himself and said, Hi, I'm Jim. Tell you, that night we sat and we restored our relationship. It's awesome. And uh, I don't regret all of those years. Sure, I miss it. But my point is this to you guys. If you have a relationship that's strained or distant from your dad, Ask the Lord about what your role is, because my dad good heard of God, knew that I was the one hurting and needed the reaching out. And I think Julius had a message where he went to forgive his dad after yeah. six years of a tumultuous relationship, and his dad didn't even accept the relationship, and then doubled that. down and tried to blame him for some things. Yeah, guys, listen, that might happen. Be ready for it. That's not the point. Right, right. Their reaction is not the point. And if your dad's gone and your heart aches, ask God to come in and seal that That's good, place Steve. in your heart. You, you want to release that. It's not yours to carry anymore. You want to release that. It's good. You know, it, 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 
the the Bible talks about before you come to the altar, you got to go and, you know, forgive, you know, and make amends before you come and ask for forgiveness. Um, you know, sometimes the relationship with dads, I think it's, it's weird. It's like two lions, right? Living in the same pack can't happen because you have your own agenda and you have, you want to do things a certain way and dad, you're old. And, you know, <clears throat> I had that with my dad, you know, there was certain ways doing business and, you know, my dad owned the garage and I wanted to do it a certain way. And, you know, I was looking to the future. My dad's like, no, you're, you, you, you don't understand. You're too young and you butt heads, but it's like, you're, you're two lions. Um, but you, you have to, you have to give that away. You have to let that go. Um, because if you don't, it'll, it'll eat you up and it'll, it'll blind your decision-making for, for your sons. Yeah. <clears throat> and you'll, you'll raise your, and you'll guide your family in a weird way because you're holding on to this, this idea of how to be a father instead of letting it go, getting the identity of what Christ wants you to lead your family, how your, your family should be led through Christ. Right. You know, you have this always this thing like, well, I'm still not going to do this, you know. Um, you know, I, I'm going to make sure my dad never took me to soccer practice. So I never, I could never go pro. I'm going to make sure my kids go to soccer practice. So I'm not going to go to church on Sunday, you right, know. Right. Yeah, and it's like, God's like, well, that, that's not what I want from you. you you're never going to be a soccer pro. <laughs> you haven't got the lungs for it. Or the legs. <laughs> um, but, but uh, you know, you, you I think was once you let go of the anger and the hatred and that rage or whatever it is, whatever is leading you to feel angry at night when you put your head to bed, um, let it go. Give it to the Lord because you won't regret it. Good. You will never regret it. So good. And even just hearing your three stories, you know, it's like I look at today and you guys are three awesome dads. Like I've always believed this and I, and I, and I've experienced it, but I think God fills a lot of the gaps in. Right. He's just faithful. He'll fill in a lot of the gaps. And so to see and hear those three stories and see the three of you as fathers um, with, you know, godly families, not perfect, but godly, love the Lord, love his house is an awesome thing. It just goes to show you, God can kind of take you no matter where you're at. You are not, you might feel like you're at a disadvantage, but God can deliver. You know, like Pastor Jordan preached on Sunday, um, when you admit your deficiency, God can bring deliverance. And so I praise God that we serve a God of deliverance. Amen. Amen. Remnant, I hope you like this episode of the podcast. I hope it was helpful to you. If you haven't yet, I'd ask you to subscribe. Go to remnantman.com slash subscribe. When you subscribe, here's what happens. You get a monthly email from me with updates on Remnant, what's happening in Remnant, different things, uh, content, resources that we put out. And so make sure you subscribe to stay in the loop with everything happening at Remnant. And of course, you know where to go. If you have any questions, if you want to learn more, if you want to see more about Remnant, go to the website, remnantman.com. Thanks for joining us and God bless the Remnant.